Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Well, guys, um, I'd like to start out by saying here, this was delayed uh, because Chris had to pick his nose. <laughs> I'm not done yet. You're not done? No. All right, you told me to wait a second. I'll, I'll bend down and get me some. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today is number 15. 15. What's up? Well, the weather's finally changing. It's hot. Yeah, all these folks did their uh, homework and did their frost seeding. It's uh, about to germinate, I would say. Yeah, it is. Everything in my area is all greening up. Yeah, PA's finally got a couple warm days in a row. Mm-hmm. It's going to cool off again, but I mean, there's oh, yeah. there's some warm stuff coming and people are going to start seeing some sprouts here. Yeah, this weekend, at least here in Maryland, supposed to was going to be down in the 30s again. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it happens every year. It's still technically a little bit early, you know, for, for us here to be planting. I mean, where my farm is in western pa i'm not going to be planting anything till end of may early june mm. yeah just because you got there's still a chance of frost and if you plant too early and it something you know something besides clover it's going to frost out right right ain't worth taking a chance no so i want to jump in huh i was gonna say you could address your weeds too if they start yeah. to green up before you, you can you can give, yeah. them, give them a good spray and before you go to uh disc Definitely. Um, I want to jump in. Jump, jump in a jump. jump in a pool. You jump might a, have to. It's probably warm for you. So, um, I know we talked about this on I think two podcasts ago, um, where we compared disking plots to no-till, and how we referenced somebody that tradi- that did no-till, where they gained like a half a point in organic matter within like five to 10 years or something like that. And he was joyful and he was joyful. Yes. (laughs) That's fine. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's what you want to do. But to me and my experience, the quickest way is to just disc the ground and incorporate that green material back in the ground. So my new farm last year, um, the farmer there where we get a piece of that, to plant food plots is he's been no-tilling for seven years. They use no cover crops. And when I was there, the fields were just cracking dry. The soil looked terrible. <laughs> and I did a soil sample where we were, where we planted our uh, food plots at. That was last year in 20, it'd be March of 2022. I did a soil sample. Well, I just did a soil sample uh two weeks ago and i got mm. the results back so i want to i want to read them out they're all right here um i want to read them out to show people just by disking planting a little bit of annuals and have and incorporating enough fertilizer and lime according to a soil sample because a lot of guys that i'll talk to you know they'll have a soil sample where it says you know three thousand pounds of lime or something and they add two, 300 pounds and no matter, Dave, I added lime, but 
nothing nothing changed. Yeah. Well, well that was a big thing this week on Facebook. It was. Someone um, asked the question again, the same question about how much lime? Yeah, the ratio of pell lime to ag lime. Same thing. That, that type of thing. Yeah. 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 All right. Some someone's putting out some bad info there somewhere. Yeah, we can talk about that too is is a little bit of lime, you know, pellet compared to um, ag let's, lime. Let's stuff. tack it on, but you get go ahead with the soil sample there. All right, guys. So most of you probably probably listen, you follow through the, through my YouTube channel and you've kept up to date with the videos and stuff. So the first year on our on one side, I haven't got all my samples back. This is just the one side. Um, the pH was a six point two. I don't, Chris, you don't even know this, but pH was six point two. The CEC was a five point seven, and organic matter organic matter was four point zero. Okay, and that's before you started. That's when you first got. That's when we first got the place. Okay, gotcha. Um, my P was in the medium. My K was extremely low. Calcium was low. Magnesium was medium. Okay. okay. Jumping to now. pH 6.8. Mm -hmm. It went from a 6.2 to a 6.8. Okay. Organic or CEC is now a 7.2. Right. And, and it was, what did I say? 5.8. Five, something. Um, now the organic matter is 5.4. Mm -hmm. And it was a 4.0. Okay, so you gained a point to two points yeah. on each thing. Yep. Uh, you gained what six tenths or so on your pH. Yep. Now, how much? How much lime do you think you put on last year? The first Manzac we went to tractor supply, I remember, and we bought. Uh, I think we bought five hundred pounds. Okay. And we put that on there. Um, it called, uh, actually, I, I can tell you exactly what we added because uh, we followed this whole sample. So it was 1,250 pounds of lime per acre. And it's only, okay. a, it's only, it's a smidge more than a, than a quarter acre. Okay. So, yeah. so we added that. And so then you, you did like a third of the recommendation, which yeah. is a little, a little, right. A little staunch. Yeah. A little stout, but that's okay. <clears throat> So then my P now is very high. My K is adequate. Calcium is now adequate. And magnesium is adequate. Okay. So everything is holding in the soil. It's been one year. Haven't added, haven't added fertilizer since uh, August, last August. Mm -hmm. And here we are almost a year into it. And the it's holding the nutrients. Um, it calls for zero lime. So mm -hmm. I, we spent the money. We put the lime in. Now this year, don't need lime. Right. The fertilizer is so high and adequate that I don't, I don't need nothing. Don't need nothing at this point. I don't need nothing. So the, you have the initial cost up front, mm -hmm. you know, to get it right, to get the lime. And, you know, this is a, 
you know, just a one case scenario. I mean, I can go through soil samples for days, but um, each soil is going to react differently and stuff like that. But um, we but added. You you would still use a little bit of starter fertilizer when you plant something in June. Yes, I will. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you exactly. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that because yeah. people are going to say, I don't need nothing. Yeah. The sample's good. Yep. Well, it's good, but. Mm -hmm. And I probably will throw in like two bags of lime, right? Just just to kind of offset the fertilizer, offset all the all the filler and, and fertilizers. Right. Um, and I can tell you know you guys exactly what we planted. Uh, we came in in March. We added the lime right on top of soil. Mm -hmm. We came back in June and we planted overhaul from the main outdoors. I let that grow all year until about August tenth or something. And I literally mowed it with my pull behind piece of junk mower I have that, that you are familiar with. Um, you fixed I, it. Yep. I didn't till, but I disked that green material back in. Have a video right on my YouTube channel about it. I turned that duff back into the soil and mm -hmm. I planted um, bombshell. Didn't spray it. I didn't spray it, no. Nope. nope. Just turned it back in. Turned the green stuff right back in. Yep, and then I planted bombshell, which is brassicas, and I mixed in a bottle of comeback kit. Well, and I made that stipulation because a lot of people, you know, when they talk about uh, taking down a crop, they they want to spray it, dry it out, so that it's easier to to rip through with the harrows or the discs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of it's kind of but... it's kind of defeating what you're, you know if you're trying to put green manure back in, you want to disc it in green. You mm -hmm. don't want to dry it out with herbicide. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to stipulate that. Cause there's a lot of people that would uh, definitely spray that. Yeah. I mean, in some cases you may have to, you know, um, but in my case, I didn't need to, it was basically you near know, there. There was, you know, there was some ragweed in there a little bit. Um, but majority of it was what I planted. And I turned that, I only disc maybe three, four inches, turn that right back into the soil. And the soil, you know, when you do that, you're turning those lead, those, that material. It's not just on top of the soil, it's incorporated in the soil. Yeah. So then you have tunnels with that stuff in there where nutrients and water can flow and actually hold moisture and things. Because I think a big mistake is where people take the soil and they use a, a roller and they flatten that soil out like a pancake mm -hmm. because what happens when you have concrete water hits it and it just runs off. Mm -hmm. So when you don't smash that soil and compact it like concrete and you just basically lightly drag it or whatever, it's not compacted. So now the water has, it can flow and, and the soil can actually absorb it. Right. That's all I did. And we're good to go. Yeah. I mean, like I said, what I was getting to was people that want to spray it to get through it easier. If, if you want to get through it easier, just take a brush hog to it or something, mm -hmm. chop it up finely, and then you can really disc it in and get it to decompose quicker that way. Yeah. yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people that are, you know, oh, I've got last year's rye coming up and, uh, how do I terminate this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, well, just 
in the doe stage, go out and mow it down and chop it up, you know, and get it to a point that you can get it to disc in and get in, incorporated. I made the mistake a couple of years ago. I let it go all summer just to see how high it would get. Mm-hmm. Well, this stuff was six and seven foot tall. Yep. And I had to brush hog the field like three times just to get it all chopped down. And then literally I took the harrows over it and I was like raking stuff off. Mm-hmm. And I had so much yeah. there that I couldn't disc it in. So I had to actually drag some of it off the field and then go back and disc it in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of shot myself in the foot there. Right. I've done that with buckwheat too. Well, like- I'm just, uh, you know, you, you learn by mistakes you make. You mm-hmm. can't be afraid to make a mistake. I mean, it, there's nothing that's so terrible that you can't fix. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I, as everybody knows, I love to experiment with stuff. So I, I just let that stuff just go crazy. It was winter wheat and rye. And uh, yeah, it was six, seven feet tall and the deer were bedding in it and the turkeys were all through it. You planted ryegrass, didn't you? No. No. Admit it. You planted ryegrass. I haven't done that since throw and grow about 12 years ago. Nope. Um, yeah, I've done that with, they didn't eat, they didn't eat it then either. Right. (laughs) Um, buckwheat, you know, sometimes I've grew that in the, in the spring and summer and, you know, it's kind of real thick and stuff. So just mow it down and then turn it back in. Yeah. Sometimes if it, if you get a really good stand and it gets really high, you need to chop it up. Yeah. Now, if you have, if you have a, a rotor tiller mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier right. to, to work in but then it can kind of get tangled up you know in oh the, yeah it know. gets wrapped around the times um, for sure so it, it's, it's a case-by-case situation mm-hmm. yeah, depends how thick it is yep. what kind of equipment you know you have to work with and yep. all that for sure um for sure. so the equivalent of pellet lime and ag lime to me is the same there's some people that will say, oh, you can use half the recommended rate or something of pellet lime compared to ag lime. It, it's just not true. Well, what it all breaks down to is that, that calcium carbonate equivalent. Mm-hmm. And if you can uh, – you know, when I, had a, when I had a lime truck come, he had the uh, redot, the equivalent for me, and it was like – 98 percent or something the 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 calcium carbonate equivalent and Mm -hmm. so that's as close as 100 percent as you can get um so you've got an apple it's at 98 point something percent let's just call it 100 percent and then you go to the store and you buy these bags of pell lime right well flip that bag over read the label and see what the percentage is of the calcium carbonate equivalent. Now, CCE. CCE. Now, if, and I say if, it is not 100%, then you have to do math. If it is 100%, now you're comparing apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is 100 pounds of pell lime equals 100 pounds of ag lime. If it is not, if, like I said, if the bag is 
you know, let's say 50%. I know that's crazy, but just for math purposes, to make it easy, if you have 100% ag lime and you have 50% bag, I'll double it up. You got to double up the bag to get that 100% mm-hmm. equivalent to the ag lime. Yeah. See how easy that is? Now, people people make that really 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 hard yeah because they go by the simple saying of you it's it's half the recommended rate well they don't even know why no no and there's i don't know that there's any science out there that would prove that other than what i just said yeah i don't either but that was just kind of like an old standard of you know you could use half the recommended rate of pellet lime compared to well pellet lime is the same thing it's just it's just turned it's, into a pellet for easier into a screen right to to yeah. easy for easier spreading because yeah, it's, it's forced through a screen and made into little pellets so that you can yeah. spread it easy and in right. and it's uh, for user convenience yeah yeah you know bag for lime sure. you need a, a different spreader to do it unless you want to be uh one of those guys on uh the internet spread it by hand oh yeah in their fancy jeans that's you. Oh, my bedazzled jeans. Your, <laughs> your bedazzled <laughs> jeans, yes. I think not. Yeah. I think not. Me and you tried that. Just, it, just, just, just for the fun of it. Just for the fun. We bought a bag of, of powdered lime. Oh, my and, gosh. And it was it was the dumbest thing yeah. that I've ever attempted to do in my life. Yeah. And I, I think that's why there's only 10-second clips of somebody doing that on the internet. Right. Because they, they say, oh, well, you can do it this way. Yeah, you, you can. Could. You can do it. You could if you're that dumb. <laughs> right. I wouldn't want to do that. No. I no. mean, I guess if you if you absolutely had to. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a way to do it. But I, I, w- it, I wouldn't do it that way. It, no. I I'd would get, probably take like. I'd take oh. a freaking shovel and. Swing well, it or something. Yeah, I mean, or like you could get a buddy to drag you around mm-hmm. on a utility trailer or something yeah. and dump it all out on a utility trailer and just toss it with a shovel, you know, let them drive around slowly and just toss it or, or you know, if you're really going to do it by hand, you get like an old milk jug or something cut the lid off and so mm-hmm. you have a handle and you can take that and fling it out there or a bucket or something right. i can't see taking a bag and going like this and it, the wind's blowing it all over you and it's falling it, what's that doing to your skin <laughs> what's that doing to your clothes it's, it's causing getting, uh it's pigment. getting in your it's, it's causing, getting in your eyes and yeah. you're breathing it you yeah know. it's what causing is, pigmentation <laughs> pigmentation on your ugh. skin yeah, silliness. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, sure. you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not. You were strict on that. I'm not doing yeah, it. I'm not doing it. Not gonna have it. Nope, I ain't doing it either. Okay. Um, we agreed on something. Yeah, finally. Um, fourth gear because I this this is huge. Oh boy. Uh, so <laughs> I I read an article. Okay, it's it's a study that basically says in order to or not in order to, but in order to, I should just say it, in order to have 
bigger deer mm-hmm. a health in order to have a healthier deer herd okay it, it's dependent on quality forage new study shows and i read it i'm like really it's an old study to me but, i mean okay. how's how that a new study right so there there's a debate on the internet of planning spring and summer food plots where it has zero impact on the health of the deer and well and this study is saying the complete opposite that you and it's not necessarily spring and summer food plots it's it's the it's forage to begin with like some areas just don't have food because you have a browse line it you have closed canopy there's no there's no food at ground level and if you're planning spring and summer food plots in that type of situation you're going to have a bigger impact on the herd because there's no other food just like think of the farm there was no food around no ag no food anywhere planted those spring and summer food plots saw a drastic change within the first year sure if you're in an area that has adequate food ag hedgerows small patches of woods where you have tons of browse and stuff you planting a spring and summer food plot is going to have a little impact because they're they're already have sufficient amount of food okay i i want to i love doing this i want to be the devil's advocate here yeah what do you got the the people that are saying that it's not beneficial to them are probably the same people that are putting out minerals and why are they putting out minerals because they say they want to help their deer herd right and they want to lactating uh does and Mm -hmm. healthy fawns and you know it's got you know give them good genetics and nutrition gotcha I understand that. Let's flip it. If you have something that's green and growing healthy for them, it's the same thing. They're going to be getting the vitamins and minerals and everything they need from the good, from the good green growing plants. Mm -hmm. You really don't need to supplement minerals. If you're supplementing minerals, why can't you just plant the spring and summer plot and just have a whole plot full of it instead of that that circle in the dirt that you're throwing minerals in? Mm-hmm. You well, think you're helping them with the minerals when yeah. you could really be helping them with something green and growing. Well, the, the study quoted too was part of the health of the herd was how healthy is your soil. Okay. Well, well no kidding because the soil gives it to the plants. The plants gives it to the deer. Mm-hmm. So it referenced like four different states and different counties in those states where a certain section of that of that state had high quality soils. The other part had low quality soil and the, the deer health was completely different on both sides. Well, I mean, that's not news. That's not people act like it's a, you know, it's a surprise. Oh, you need right. food to, for healthier deer. Well, I quoted a study 25 years ago uh, on my YouTube channel in Maryland, in Allegheny County, Maryland, it's out southwestern Maryland. They have the poorest deer herd in Maryland. Mm-hmm. They determined 25 years ago 
It was a lack of food and a lack of soil health. The soil is the poorest soils in Maryland hmm. and the deer herd suffers from it. That was known 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the study also quoted was you feed, give the does nutrition. They produce healthier offspring. And they did this over a course of like five or six years. And they actually saw a change in buck fawn ratios. So before they were fed a high nutritious diet, they were having like one buck to two fawns born after so many years, you know, feeding the doe's nutrition and everything. It actually flip-flopped to where they were getting two, two buck fawns to one doe on, on average. Um, well, no kidding. I mean, just think of any human or animal, you feed them a healthy diet. They express their, their full potential. You know what I mean? Like each me and you have a genetic potential. Um, yours is being short. Um, but, uh, right. But if we, if me and you transition and ate a 100% awesome, healthy diet, cookies yeah we're going to express a different potential mm. that's the same with deer if, if they're fed poor if me and you eat poor we're going to be fat we're going to be tired we're going to be you know just no you know whatever but if we've fed a healthy diet we're going to be healthier we're going to have more energy have more muscles yeah like i already have now but yeah. um you see what I'm, you see what i'm saying it, it's right. not it's a new study. Like, yeah, it's a new like, study on old science. That's what it's it is. like. I just read this thing and I'm like, this guy, like, I'm not even going to say the guy's name. Well, that's why I quit buying hunting magazines. Hey, I didn't buy just, this magazine, I, I, but it was, it was the same stuff over and over. Same stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, you got to have common sense. You well, know? and it, it's hard to have content sometimes, even, even us, you know, doing these podcasts. I mean, it's hard to not beat something to death, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to put a spin on something and and come up with something new all the time. But we always seem to find a way to do it. But yeah, I mean, um, we scramble sometimes. You know, what are we going to talk about tonight? You know, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I just always... love, I just love going to Facebook for mine. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> so always entertaining. Something. There's always stuff to talk about. It's just. You know, yeah. what, what is it going to be today? Yeah. Um, and, and that, and you know, the other 300 podcasts out there probably beating it to death too, you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. So, I mean, three weeks ago I had a video on my channel where I said, don't listen to scientific studies. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to listen. You don't need to read this study. Like it's, it was one of the dumbest, like it just boils down to common sense. Right. In an area that lacks food, you're going to lack healthy well, deer. In an I, my, area favorite, that has... my favorite saying is to plant 365, have something green growing mm-hmm. all year round. And I'm going to transition this conversation right now. And it, we talk about spring and summer plots like this. You know, you and I like to turkey hunt. You more than me. I'm, I shot a lot of turkeys when I was younger. They don't... They don't turn me on as much anymore, but you get hyped up about turkey. But how how are you going to bring turkey to you, right? Well, if you have a good plot of something that's green and growing, 
and incorporated with clover and chicory and type things that are shorter mm -hmm. that turkeys can come in and bug in, you know, what better is there to bring turkey in than a nice clover field, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, they love the bug in that stuff. We got to talk yeah. about turkeys. Turkey season's coming. Hey, I'm ready. So you I got them on camera. I do. I have a lot of turkey on camera. Um, but turkeys love clover. And it's, it's, sure. I don't want to say it's necessarily the clover. I mean, it is, but it's also the bugs because mm -hmm. anything, anything green, like a, a wheat field that's, you well, know, we proved, coming up. oh, yeah. We proved when we, we cut multiple crops open on video and mm -hmm. it, you know, some of them were packed full of clover. Some of them were packed full of dandelion greens. Yeah. I'm just saying in general, anything, any yeah. green field, clover obviously is, you know, your top notch choice, but sure. they get in there and they bug. And the reason the bugs are there is because the moisture is there. You get the, the water droplets and moisture on the plants. The sun comes out, starts baking it off. You get the, you get the steam and the, and the dew coming off and the bugs get in there. Turkeys know that. So they come in there and uh and they start bugging around and i mean that's a great plot to have for turkey season turkey season's coming up yeah there's nothing better than seeing turkeys enter the field just strutting around mm -hmm. have you ever planted uh chufa i have not i've planted like milo and things like that before mm -hmm. and it just and I don't, I don't know a whole lot about chufa but i know the turkey federations and things that in these in these mm -hmm. uh like what, what is it like grouse unlimited and stuff like that pheasants forever and mm -hmm. they they like to plant stuff like that because i guess it gets like a seed head on it it does yeah i i've never planted it i've no i know some people that have ducks but it, too ducks like it i guess yeah here. it's directly you know for turkeys really but um deer don't eat it so if you're just looking for a turkey plot chew food be great i had I had somebody message me today asking if i've ever planted it i i never planted I never it did. But, I know deer don't eat it, and it's supposed to be top notch for turkeys. So um, maybe one day I'll I'll get into it. Um, I mean, that Milo I put out there that I don't think they touched it either. I think the birds just come and pecked it all off. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. You getting uh? You planting any sunflowers this year? I don't strip know. Them? I don't know because they they just killed they, them. They tear you up. Yeah, I never even got a flower. As soon as they got like four inches tall, they they come in and mowed them right off. I I don't ever get a flower off of them. That's because you got a doe factor. Yeah. Well, I would have probably have to plant like four acres of them, you know, mm -hmm. to the point that you would overwhelm the deer with them, you know, and yeah. maybe they could get a head start. You got a doe factory. I do have a doe problem right now. I do they're, have a doe factory, they're but, it's, but it's not caused by, you know, what's the adage? Because I planted a food plot that the, the doe stay there. Well, they do stay close. So they're, they're not dumb, mm -hmm. but it's a doe factory is a weird thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> That's weird. It is weird. Um, no, the problem is we don't have enough people schlocking does right now. You know? Well, it's a it's a time of year where well, it's getting over that time of year, but it they're looking for food. So any any green food source right now, they're gonna be piled in there. 
Oh yeah. So it yeah. gives you the the false uh, the false appearance of a of well, a lot of deer because they're instead of them being spread out. Let's face in. it. After deer season, during deer season, they they herd up. Mm-hmm. Strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. You know now when they start having babies, then they'll start dissipating. They'll start spreading out. They'll, yeah. 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 I mean, right now they're still herded up. Yeah. You know? They're looking so, for fawning, fawning grounds and. Yeah. Want, I mean, you, to... people are calling that deer doe factory, but the deer will disperse themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're, they're, they're hunky dory right now. But like I said, when they start having babies, they don't want other deer around them. Mm-hmm. so so closely anyhow you yeah. know they'll start cha- they'll chase off the older ones and you know that's just it plays out by itself yeah i mean it's just a natural phenomenon i mean mm-hmm. it just deer don't want to be that close after a while i mean yeah they get the frustrated bu- the, bucks, the bucks don't either they they want to be recluse in in a secluded area and they only want to come out and be friendly right before rut. You know? Like me. I want to be I want to be in a, in a secluded area right before I go into rut. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why you smell like that. Right. Right. My tarsal glands are wash them glands, Dave. Yeah. Tar them daggone tarsal glands. Them daggone things are dark and stinking. Right. Um are you doing anything deer activity this weekend? This weekend, um Did you get soul samples yet? I did not because it's been too wet and stormy yeah. and I already frost seeded. So I'm not in a, any hurry to do anything. So I'm just waiting for it to dry up a little bit and I'm going to take them. I may take them like this weekend or something, but yeah. deer related, not a whole lot. I cut um, a few trees down out front here. Some of those pines. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have. A, I might. I bought my fishing license. I might hit the streams if it's not too high. Well, two two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I did a bunch of cutting at the at the farm, uh, and I'm going to go back up here in the next couple of weeks and uh, do some more stuff and um, uh, work on check the clover and keep her moving. Yeah, I I think people are going to be real pleased real soon with their frost seeding yeah if this weather keeps going the way it is now i looked at the extended and it looks like one cold night that dipped below freezing but it's going to rebound real fast i don't think it'll have any detriment on yeah i mean today's today's the fifth so i mean next yeah things are going to be happening here in the next few weeks yep i'd say at the end of this month you should be pretty clear i mean you might get a couple of nights of frost into may mm-hmm. but like I said, it'll it'll rebound quick. I don't think it'll really hurt anything. But don't plant nah. anything like buckwheat or something. Yeah. No, I mean wait so, wait for that. I had somebody ask me that real quick a few weeks ago. Is frost? So mm-hmm. each area, each state, each county, each whatever has a frost date. Like yeah. in Maryland, it's May the fifteenth. It's always mm-hmm. been May the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. That is the general date of last frost that we get here. The, okay. the further you go up north, that frost date is going to be longer. Mm-hmm. You know, later in, later into the later month. Later into the season, yeah. Right. Later, the further you go down south, 
that number that date is going to go back into you know early may end of april so mm -hmm. people always ask me well when do you plant well you got to go by your frost date you know simple google search i can't remember who i was telling this to simple google search and it'll tell you your frost date yeah on average look, yeah. on average look at that and that's going to give you a general time frame within plus or minus a week or something Mm -hmm. of when it would be safe to plant so instead of thinking oh i gotta plant in april i gotta plant in may i gotta plant in june no you 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 plant according to when your last frost is is it 100 percent accurate close it, it you can't it's very close um so go by that instead of of uh you mean else. you you mean you can't turn the bag over and look what zone you're in and plant it to that no, because it's all it's all general. <laughs> You're getting me fired up here. <laughs> Why just, not, Dave? What about just, the recommendations? That's all general. It's, it's, general. it's general for people that don't want to get a soil sample or whatever it is. But I mean, we yeah. we've already beat that, we that, beat that horse. horse. Yeah. So with Dave, that said, uh, I think we've had enough for one night. Yep, I'm hungry, and uh, Chris is getting cranky, so episode 15, guys, uh, we're going to tune out, and uh, we'll catch you yep. back here on number 16. All right, guys. Goodbye. Later. Subscribe.